14 teams made the NFL playoffs this year. The Jets were not one of them, but they can learn some lessons from the teams that are. I'll tell you what they are today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2024, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the podcast. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Well, the NFL playoffs get underway this weekend. There are 14 teams left. 12 of them will be playing this weekend. The Baltimore Ravens and San Francisco 49ers have bye weeks. Today, we're going to talk about lessons the Jets can learn from these teams. Uh, the 14 teams playing this weekend, well, they've outplayed the rest of the teams in the NFL. We wish the Jets were in the playoffs. The Jets' playoff streak goes to 13 years after they failed to make the postseason, a season that began with a lot of optimism. What can the Jets learn from the teams that have made the playoffs? Well, there are a couple of lessons that I think are out there for the New York Jets. And the first one is not really scientific. It's more just based on the feeling I get from the team. In part, what the owner said. You know, a couple of weeks ago when Woody Johnson announced that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas would return for the 2024 season, he gave an interview to the New York Post. And I'll be honest with you, I thought his interview was full of excuses. And I feel like over the last 13 years, and this is, you know, nothing, nothing scientific. This is nothing you can definitively prove, but I think that there's a lot of evidence that points to it. The Jets have just been too willing to make excuses for bad performances. I felt like after Rex Ryan left, and quite frankly, before Rex Ryan arrived, Rex, the Rex era was like the one time where I felt that this was not true. It seemed to me like the Jets were kind of resigned that the best they could do in the AFC East was second place because they were facing a historic dynasty led by Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in New England. And it was almost like the attitude the team had was, well, how do you expect us to compete with this? You know, and it's an attitude that I feel like has permeated the franchise for too long, that it's okay to lose. And Woody Johnson, when he spoke to the New York Post in that interview where he announced his head coach and GM were coming back, he said, well, we lost our quarterback four plays into the season. You know, we got to have the quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that that's completely false. A lot of teams would struggle. Most teams struggle when you don't get to have your starting quarterback all season long. But I think there have to be more standards set because there was a late season game, week 17 on Thursday Night Football, where the Jets faced a team in the Cleveland Browns that will be playing in the postseason this weekend. And that Cleveland Browns team faced a lot of the same obstacles that New York Jets faced this season. I mean, they had to turn to Joe Flacco, who, as we know, he was a former Jet. He played with the Jets the better part of the last three seasons prior to 2023, and he didn't do very well. Well, Flacco, the Browns surrounded Flacco with the right pieces. Suddenly, Flacco looks like a guy who can succeed again in the NFL, perhaps for the first time since, like, 2014 in Baltimore. But beyond that, the Browns have 
dealt with a lot of adversity. I mean, they lost Nick Chubb, who's like their version of Brees Hall. They brought him to a gruesome injury you know, early in the season. They had some offensive line injuries, maybe not as many as the Jets, but they were down in that game. They were down to their fourth and fifth tackle. They turned to their defense. They turned to a defense that they wanted to win games. That defense won games for them. What's the difference between the Browns and the Jets? Well, part of it's the Browns had a better roster than the Jets. I think the Jets papered over a lot of their issues. They pretended a lot of their issues did not exist heading into the season, and the Browns built a superior roster. But part of it, I think, are expectations, where the Jets were very willing to make excuses. I mean, if you hear a lot of people in the Jets organization, it starts at the owner. They're saying, well, you know, we lost our quarterback this year. You know, when the offense struggled, when the offensive system wasn't working. Well, the system's designed for Aaron Rodgers. I just feel like there's too much excuse making in the New York Jets organization when something goes wrong. And sometimes excuses are valid. I'm not going to sit here today and tell you that there was zero impact when the Jets had to turn from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, then to Tim Boyle, then to Trevor Simeon. Of course there was. The New York Jets would have been a much better team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I don't think anybody can deny that. But this team was 4-3 and three at one point. In the early part of the season, they did do a pretty good job overcoming that adversity. And then things fell apart, and suddenly, once they stopped winning, then we start blaming Aaron. We start blaming the Aaron Rodgers injury. You know, it doesn't really add up. I think there are other teams that have faced adversity this season. Pittsburgh's another team that's you know didn't didn't really get great performance from the, from its starting quarterback to begin with, and then you know uh, Kenny Pickett went out. Mason Rudolph comes in you know, after Mitchell Trubisky struggles a little bit. Kenny Pickett, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mason Rudolph comes in and, you know, gets Mason Rudolph great. No, but they figure out ways to win games. You know, maybe turning into the, over to their defense a bit. I'd even talk about our old buddy Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay. Now, this is not as impressive as what Cleveland did. It's a not a, it's not a very good division, but I don't think many people thought Tampa Bay was going to go to the playoffs this year. Now, I know somebody had to make, somebody had to win the NFC South this season. That's clear. But, you know, after Tom Brady retires, a team that frankly looks very mediocre last year in Brady's final season, Bucks kind of in a transition year. Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I don't want to make this Tampa Bay team out to be great. Frankly, if they played in any other division in the league, they probably wouldn't be in the playoffs. But I did at the same time, I don't think a lot of teams, I don't think a lot of observers before the start of the season felt like this Tampa Bay team would be hosting a playoff game wild card weekend. They won the division. Jets obviously play in a tougher division. Tampa Bay doesn't have to deal with Miami and Buffalo. Still, I think that there's something to be said for what that team accomplished. And I think there are lessons out there. And I just think that the Jets, and this is an organizational thing, they're too resigned to lose. I think I have a lot of critiques of the New York Jets organization right now. But one of them, and this has been a longer-term critique, they're too willing to accept losing. They're too willing to accept results that are not optimal. And part of it, you know, I, I know a lot of people are arguing, you know, should this coaching staff be back? Maybe it manifests itself in that way, where the owner's too willing to bring back a coaching staff, which has failed to make the playoffs three straight years. There are not many coaching staffs that survived three years of missing the playoffs. How about Joe Douglas? We know he's been here since 2019. Now, that first year wasn't really his team. The second year, you could argue, I think barely, that, you know, he really didn't have the resources yet. But this is year three for him. This team looks no closer to making the playoffs than it did last year. And I know they lost Aaron Rodgers. They didn't have Aaron Rodgers last year. And if Aaron Rodgers was the only upgrade your team made, that's not very good. You know, there should there should have been other upgrades made this past offseason. Even if you lose Rodgers, you should have a better team. You should not have an identical record. I think these are fair things to point out. 
And I think it's one of those things, again, that permeates up and down the organization. And I'm not going to say that that's the one definitive reason the New York Jets missed the playoffs this season, but I can't tell you it's irrelevant. And I think that this is something that's got to change, and it's got to begin with the owner, who I think has become too accepting of losing. I think the owner has become too willing to make excuses for his team not winning games. Now, here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about one of the reasons the Jets lost the quarterback position this year. And Aaron Rodgers will be back in 2024, we know, but Jets need to think beyond 2024. Maybe Rodgers comes back for 2025, but that's no guarantee. Certainly won't be here in 2026. And Jets need to figure out the quarterback position long term. I think there are some things that the teams playing this weekend can teach the Jets about how they approach that position. I'll tell you what they are as we continue on this Thursday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are some of the things you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? And what are you already crushing? Think opposite of new year, new you. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of expanding on what we're, we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're t taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Therapy has so many benefits. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it's not just for those who have suffered ma major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. And a big shout out to you every day, as this is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday, and then bonus episodes as needed. And we're continuing into the offseason. Jets have no more games to play, but there are still 14 teams out there dreaming of the Super Bowl. These are the top 14 teams in the NFL, you know, give or take one or two at the bottom of the playoff race. So these are the teams you look to when you're trying to improve your your football organization these are the best teams in the league so obviously you try and copy some of the things that that they do and one area where the jets have historically needed some help i mean in many ways we've been looking for a franchise quarterback since joe namath with all due respect there were a couple of guys out there through the years who you know looked like a potential answer with the quarterback and who held the position down pretty well for a couple of seasons you know ken o'brien was before my time chad pennington you know, about two decades ago, but Jets have not really found that long-term solution at the quarterback position. They tried Brett Favre in 2008. They're trying Aaron Rodgers now, but Rodgers is not going to be around for very long. Favre only lasted one season. And I think one of the things that's difficult in the NFL is everybody always thinks short-term. The media does it. The media encourages fans to do it. But at the quarterback position, I think you have to think long-term. And I think that a team philosophically needs to have a viewpoint that if we don't have our guy of the future, that's got to be priority number one. Now, that does not mean you go into a draft and say, we have to draft a quarterback no matter what. That does not mean we have to use our first pick on a quarterback no matter what. You have to draft the right guy. You have to find the right guy. But you can't be afraid to take a swing of the bat. Even if you have a guy who's there for you right now, you have to think about finding your guy of the future. There are numerous examples of this in the postseason this year. One of the teams that's really struggling, so I don't know if you want to use the Philadelphia Eagles necessarily as your example of an organization that's well run because they have not played well down the stretch. But you know what? Over the last couple of years, they've been a really smart organization. 
And I think a lot of that goes back to the 2020 draft when they thought that they had their guy of the future already in Carson Wentz. And then the second round that year, they drafted Jalen Hurts. And this is one of those things in the NFL that I never understand. It's the most important position on the field. Yet teams are like criticized if they invest too much in it. And the Eagles are a good example of why that's so such a, such a, such a silly self-defeating thought. Because the Eagles got crushed when they drafted Jalen Hurts. They were talking, oh, you're undermining Carson Wentz. Why don't you get let Carson Wentz some help? Even the next season, uh, when Wentz really struggled, people said, oh, well, this is the Eagles' fault. They undermined him. They could have drafted somebody who would help him. Instead, they drafted his replacement. You know, aren't a lot, There are not a lot of people saying that anymore. And I know Jalen Hurts has had a couple struggles down the stretch, but Jalen Hurts took the Eagles to the Super Bowl last year. You know, If you were t- making a list of the – 10 quarterbacks you wanted to build your franchise around, he'd almost certainly be on the list right now. The Eagles thought ahead. You know, the Eagles, sometimes you don't have necessarily have the clear the clear path mapped out. I don't know that the Eagles thought Jalen Hurts was going to take over for Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback, but they said, you know, it's important to have talent at the quarterback position. And so the Eagles went out and they got it. And I think that that was one of the most forward-thinking things I've, I've seen in recent memory in the NFL. Now, there's another example. It's a team the Jets did quite a bit of business with a year ago. That's the Green Bay Packers. And this is something a lot of Jets fans won't want to hear, but Green Bay looks like a pretty smart team. This was supposed to be a transition year, and they're in the playoffs. And a lot of that goes back to Jordan Love. Again, talking about thinking ahead. They drafted Jordan Love in 2020, and it did not make Aaron Rodgers very happy, as we know, but they knew Rodgers was at the end of his career. And again, there's there's always the debate. Do you, when your quarterback's older, do you draft players around him to help him make one last run? Or do you think about the future? Too few teams think about the future. And not only that, the, the Packers kind of turned conventional NFL thinking on its head. Because right now, teams are all about finding the quarterback on the rookie contract. And there's a logic to it. Quarterbacks on rookie contracts make a fraction of what veteran quarterbacks make. That second contract, you eat up a lot of the cap as a quarterback. That first contract, it's cost controlled. So you get the benefit of good quarterback play but you save 20 to $30 million over what you'd have to pay a guy who's older. So you, you, not only do you get the good quarterback play, you get that extra 20 to $30 million to load your roster around up around your quarterback and spend that money on other players to fortify the rest of your roster. Well, the Packers have kind of taken this notion and put it on its head because what they did is they said, you know what? That rookie contract window is valuable, but you know what? Jordan Love's not ready to play and we're going to be better off giving Jordan Love the first three years on the bench. And he'll learn how to play. And you know what? Over the long haul, even if we lose out on that rookie contract window, if we get our quarterback in the next 10 years, it'll be worth it, even if we're paying him more when he actually plays. And a long way to go for Jordan Love. I'm not here to declare him the quarterback of the future yet in Green Bay. You know, it's one season. Everybody wants to go crazy over the most recent season. But it looks promising for Green Bay. Again, they're in the playoffs this year, and Jordan Love has looked really good down the stretch. And New York Jets, obviously, kind of in the same situation Green Bay was a couple of years ago, where are we loading up one more time around Rodgers? I think that's going to be the general thought process. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know a 10 that there's going to be a quarterback I love for the Jets, but we get later in the draft. Do you take a shot, maybe? If there's a guy with intriguing with an intriguing toolkit, you might. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody drops to 10. There's a long way to go in the process. And another example of that is the Kansas City Chiefs, the ultimate example where they draft, they traded up for Patrick Mahomes back in 2017, but they did not rush him into the lineup. 
They gave him a year to sit behind Alex Smith. In fact, there's a lot of talk that the Chiefs were ready to give Mahomes a second season on the bench. He played a meaningless game the, uh, the last week of the regular season that year because the Chiefs had clinched their playoff positioning, so they sat Alex Smith. And when they watched Mahomes play, they realized, you know, this guy's ahead of where we believed he was. And they decided to go forward with Mahomes in 2018, and the rest is history. You know, 50 touchdown passes, an MVP. It's all about, and again, the Chiefs, they had a decent quarterback in Alex Smith, but they realized that, you know what, they, their future was not secure, and they realized they needed a quarterback to take them to the next level if they wanted a better chance of winning the Super Bowl. Quarterback position is the most important spot in the league. I don't think anybody would dispute that. And again, if you don't have a long-term guy, I think priority number one for your team, above all any, above anything else, above immediate needs, has to be trying to find that guy, even if he's not going to play week, uh, week one of year one, because we've seen what it can do for teams, teams that think ahead, teams that realize the significance, the importance of finding young quarterbacks who can guide their franchise to the future. It's critical in this league. And to me, it's one of the most baffling things, how teams just ignore how, how important it is. And I guess in part because coaches and general managers tend not to have great job security in this league. And they don't have the luxury of thinking ahead, but the great franchises do. The great franchises are always trying to balance the short term and the long run. And there aren't many that do it successfully, but the ones that do, they're at the top of the league. And that's one of the big reasons why. Now, head you're on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we're going to turn our attention to a lesson that's kind of a lesson on how it's important to be unconventional. That might be a little confusing, but I'll explain it in more detail as we continue on this Thursday edition of Locked On Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but let's talk for a minute about prepping for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in a decade. It's scary stuff, and it's a helpless feeling if a significant other or one of your kids gets sick while a supply chain issue keeps them from the life-saving medication they need. Thankfully, because of Jace Medical, you can be okay. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and create your and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and offer, use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Again, go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and use offer code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get $20 off your order. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday. Jets are sitting home for the playoffs. 14 teams will be playing this weekend and next weekend. 12 of them will, will be playing this weekend. The other two will be in action next weekend against uh, the rest of the teams that, that win the wild card round. We're talking about lessons the Jets can learn from some of these teams. And the last lesson I have to talk about is how you have to find your own way. And you have to be a little bit unconventional. And if you do that, you can find success. And the team that really stands out to me above all others in this area is the Baltimore Ravens because of the quarterback they had. And that's Lamar Jackson. And, you know, the NFL is very resistant to change of the major sports. And every major sport like refuses to change. It, it, it's like you have to drag them to, to do something unconventional and kind of change the way the league functions. And one area that's where the NFL has 
had to be led over the last 15 years or so is the idea that your quarterback can be an asset in the run game. The league hated this idea. I remember when I was growing up many, many years ago, there was all this talk. Well, you can't you can't have your quarterback run in the NFL. First of all, the defenders are too fast to deal with it. Second of all, you risk getting him injured. I think we've seen over the last 15 years or so that those arguments don't really hold up very well. First of all, you know, our defense is fast. Yeah, but if you're a ball carrier and you're fast, you can beat them. We've seen that over and over. So that's number one. Number two, there's really no data point that suggests quarterbacks who run are more in danger of getting injured than quarterbacks who don't. Because you have to remember, quarterback's always in danger if he drops back to pass. I mean, ask any Jets quarterback who dropped back behind this offensive line this year, whether they were more in danger running the ball or more in danger just standing in the pockets. You have to remember that when the quarterback's running, he has more ability to protect himself. First of all, he can just slide if he can give himself up. If he's standing in the pocket, he can't really do that. Second of all, sometimes a quarterback can dish out some pain because he can lower his shoulder and run into a defender. A quarterback who's standing in the pocket, you know, kind of just waiting for defenders to bear down on him and hit him. So I think that, you know, there's no real evidence out there. And I've seen a couple of studies on this. There's not really a great correlation, not really any correlation between a quarterback running and a greater risk of injury. So in 2018, the Baltimore Ravens went out and they traded up and got back to the end of the first round and took Lamar Jackson. And they built a very unconventional offense. It's an offense that features Jackson's rushing skills. And Jackson's not only a runner. It's something I've talked about over and over on the show. Jackson's also a pretty good thrower, in case you haven't noticed. And if you haven't noticed this year, I don't know that you're watching the NFL. Baltimore has figured out a different way of doing things. And it's long overdue. The NFL, again, too resistant to change. And Baltimore's, you know, gotten to the top of the league this year behind their great young quarterback. Now, less extreme example of this. And this is, this is uh, it's in Miami. And it's the receiving group they they built, uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And the reason I mentioned them is that people always, when they talk about building a team, they always talk about building complementary parts. They talk about pieces that, you know, fit together, but their idea of fitting together is doing things differently. And that's true at the wide receiver position. And Miami shows you that sometimes you just want to double down on a great trait. It's really important just to have great traits. Now, like for the Jets, Garrett Wilson's a great route runner, unconventional route runner, but a guy who just creates separation at will. Now, it'd be nice. He's a little, he's a little undersized. He's not like small, small, but a little smaller than your typical wide receiver. Would it be nice if you had a big guy who could go up and win contested catches? Nobody would complain about that. But if you could find like another guy who runs routes like Garrett Wilson who creates separation, that'd be pretty good because then you create the same problem twice for a team. And that's kind of what Miami did with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. They just built their, their their offense. They built their receiver group around speed. And you just have this blazing speed of two, two speedy guys. And the Jets, you know, Jets have seen this the last couple of years, although I guess Hill was out uh, the, the time they faced him in December when the Dolphins beat them 30-0. But they're a difficult team to match up against because they just throw so much speed at you. And it could be, you know, size. Uh, you know, back when Philip Rivers was around with the Chargers, they built their offense around a bunch of big receivers who could just go out there and play basketball. And typically, you know, if you're a defense, if you're a great defense, you can take away one guy who has an elite attribute, but you can't. you usually can't take away a second guy who has that same elite attribute and sometimes, again, I'm not saying the Jets need to go out and get a receiver exactly like Garrett Wilson, but sometimes you double down. Sometimes you, if you throw the exact same elite attribute at another team more than once, 
it's a really difficult thing to handle. So it's all about finding your own advantages. It's not so much that, you know, you have to build a team identical to Baltimore with, you know, a quarterback like Lamar, or you have to build an offense like Miami identical to with receivers identical to Hill and Waddle, who are pure speed guys. You don't need to, like, I'm not saying you have to get rid of all your receivers and just bring in nothing but speed guys. What I'm saying is figure out your own advantage and don't be pigeonholed into doing things exactly the way the rest of the NFL does. You know, be a little unconventional and figure out the, a way something unique about your team. Because the NFL is not so much about building a team built to specific specifications. It's about building a team that creates problems for an opponent. And one way to create problems for an opponent is just to overwhelm it with one attribute. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the show. Hope you have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.